0: chapter twenty of old wells dug out this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. old wells dug out by thomas talmage the proud rider unhorsed and as he journeyed he came near damascus and suddenly There shined around him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 5. The Damascus of Bible times still stands with a population of 135,000. It is a gay city of white and glistening architecture, its minarets and crescents and domes playing with the light of the morning sun, embowered in groves of olive and citron and orange and pomegranate a famous river plunging its brightness into the scene a city by the ancients styled a pearl surrounded by emeralds a group of horsemen were advancing upon that city let the christians of the place hide for this cavalcade coming over the hills is made up of persecutors their leader small and unattractive in some respects as leaders sometimes are insignificant in person witness the duke of wellington and dr archibald alexander but there is something very intent in the eye of this man of the text and the horse he rides is lathered with the foam of a long and quick travel of one hundred and thirty-five miles he cries Go long to his steed, for those Christians must be captured and silenced, and that religion of the cross must be annihilated. Suddenly the horses shy off and plunge until the riders are precipitated. Freed from their riders, the horses bound, snorting away. You know that dumb animals, at the sight of an eclipse, or an earthquake or anything like a supernatural appearance sometimes become very uncontrollable a new sun had been kindled in the heavens putting out the glare of the ordinary sun christ with the glories of heaven wrapped about him looked out from a cloud and the splendor was insufferable and no wonder the horses sprang and the equestrians dropped dust covered and bruised saul attempts to get up shading his eyes with his hand from the severe lustre of the heavens but unsuccessfully for he is struck stone blind as he cries out who art thou lord and jesus answered him i am the one you have been chasing he that whips and scourges those damascan christians whips and scourges me it is not their back that is bleeding it is mine it is not their heart that is breaking it is mine i am jesus whom thou persecutest from that wild exciting and overwhelming scene there rises up the greatest preacher of all the ages paul in whose behalf prisons were rocked down before whom soldiers turn pale into whose hand mediterranean sea-captains put control of their shipwrecked craft and whose epistles are the avant courier of a resurrection day i learned first from this scene that a worldly fall sometimes precedes a spiritual uplifting a man does not get much sympathy by falling off a horse people say he ought not to have got into the saddle if he could not ride those of us who were brought up in the country remember well how the workmen laughed when on our way back from the brook we suddenly lost our ride at the close of the war when the army passed in review at washington if a general had toppled from the stirrups it would have been a national merriment here is paul on horseback a proud man riding on with government documents in his pocket a graduate of the most famous school in which the celebrated Dr. Gamaliel had been a professor, perhaps having already attained two or three titles of the school, Rab, the first, Rabbi, the second, and on his way to Rabak, the third and highest title. I know from his temperament that his horse was ahead of the other horses, but without time to think of what posture he should take, or without any consideration for his dignity he is tumbled into the dust and yet that was the best ride paul ever took out of that violent fall he arose into the apostleship so it has been in all the ages and so it is now you will never be worth anything for god and the church until you lose fifty thousand dollars or have your reputation upset or in some way somehow are thrown and humiliated you must go down before you go up joseph finds his path to the egyptian court through the pit into which his brothers threw him daniel would never have walked amidst the bronze lions that adorned the babylonian throne if he had not first walked amidst the real lions of the cave and paul marshals all the generations of christendom By falling flat on his face on the road to Damascus. Men who have been always prospered may be efficient servants of the world, but will be of no advantage to Christ. You may ride majestically seated on your charger, rein in hand, foot in stirrup, but you will never be worth anything spiritually until you fall off. They who graduate from the school of Christ with the highest honors have on their diploma the seal of a lion's muddy paw, or the plash of an angry wave, or the drop of a stray tear, or the brown scourge of a persecuting fire. In 999 cases out of a thousand, there is no moral or spiritual elevation until there has been a thorough worldly upsetting. Again, I learn from the subject, that the religion of christ is not a pusillanimous thing people in this day try to make us believe that christianity is something for men of small calibre for women with no capacity to reason for children in the infant class under six years of age but not for stalwart men look at this man of the text do you not think that the religion that could capture such a man as that must have some power in it he was a logican, he was a metaphysician, he was an all-conquering orator, he was a poet of the highest type. He had a nature that could swamp the leading men in his own day, and, hurled against the Sanhedrin, he made it tremble. He learned all he could get in the school of his native village, Then he had gone to a higher school, and there mastered the Greek and the Hebrew, and perfected himself in... Bell's lettres until in after years he astonished the cretans and the corinthians and the athenians by quotations from their own authors i have never found anything in Carlyle or goethe or herbert spencer that could compare in strength or beauty with paul's epistles i do not think there is anything in the writings of sir william hamilton that shows such mental discipline as you find in paul's argument about justification and the resurrection i have not found anything in milton finer in the way of imagination than i can find in paul's illustrations drawn from the amphitheater there was nothing in robert emmett pleading for his life or in edmund burke arraigning warren hastings in westminster hall but compared with the scene in the courtroom when before robed officials Paul bowed and began his speech, saying, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day. I repeat that a religion that can capture a man like that must have some power in it. It is time you stop talking as though all the brain of the world were opposed to Christianity. Where Paul leads We can afford to follow. I am glad to know that Christ has in the different ages of the world had in his discipleship a Mozart and a Handel in music, a Raphael and Reynolds in painting, an Angelo and a Canova in sculpture, a Rush and a Harvey in medicine, a Grotius and a Washington in statesmanship, a Blackstone, a Marshall and a Kent in law and the time will come when the religion of Christ will conquer all the observatories and universities, and philosophy will through her telescope behold the morning star of Jesus, and in her laboratory see that all things work together for good, and with her geological hammer discover the rock of ages oh instead of cowering and shivering when the skeptic stands before you and talks of religion as though it were a pulsionarius thing instead of that take your new testament from your pocket and show him the picture of the intellectual giant of all ages prostrated on the road to damascus while his horse was flying wildly away then ask your skeptic what it was that frightened the one and threw the other Oh no, it is no weak gospel, it is a glorious gospel, it is an all-conquering gospel, it is an omnipotent gospel, it is the power of God and the wisdom of God unto salvation. Again, I learn from the text, a man cannot become a Christian until he is unhorsed. The trouble is, we want to ride into the kingdom of God just as a knight road into castle gate on palfrey beautifully captionized we want to come into the kingdom of god in a fine style no kneeling down at the altar no sitting on anxious seats no crying over sin no begging at the doors of god's mercy clear the road and let us come in all prancing in the pride of our soul no we will never get into heaven that way we must dismount There is no night entry into religion, no fringed trappings of repentance, but an utter prostration before God, a going down in the dust with the cry, unclean, unclean, a bewailing of the soul like David from the belly of hell, a going down in the dust until Christ shall by his grace lift us up as he lifted Paul o proud-hearted sinner you must get off that horse may a light from the throne of god brighter than the sun throw you come down into the dust and cry for pardon and life and heaven again i learn from this scene of the text that the grace of god can overcome the persecutor christ and paul were boys at the same time in different villages and paul's antipathy of christ was increasing. He hated everything about Christ. He was going down then with writs in his pockets to have Christ's disciples arrested. He was not going as a sheriff goes to arrest a man against whom he has no spite, but Paul was going down to arrest those people because he was glad to arrest them. The Bible says he breathed out slaughter. He wanted them captured. He wanted them butchered i hear the clink and clash and clatter of the hoofs of the galloping steeds on the way to damascus oh do you think that that proud man on horseback can ever become a christian yes there is a voice from heaven like a thunderclap uttering two words the second word the same as the first but uttered with more emphasis so that the proud equestrian may have no doubt as to who is meant saul saul that man was saved and he was a persecutor and so god can by his grace overcome any persecutor the days of sword and fire for christians seem to have gone by the bayonets of napoleon i pried open the inquisition and let the rotting wretches out the ancient dungeons around rome are to-day Mere curiosity for the travellers. The Colosseum, where wild beasts used to suck up the life of the martyrs while the emperor watched and Lola Paulina sat with emerald adornment worth sixty million sesterces, clapped her hands as the Christians died under the paw and the tooth of the lion, that Colosseum is in ruin now. The scene of the Smithfield fires is a haymarket. No emperor again will lead the pope's mule through St. Mark's Square. The day of fire and sword for Christians seems to have gone by, but has the day of persecution ceased? No. Are you not caricatured for your religion? In proportion as you try to serve God and be faithful to him, are you not sometimes maltreated? That woman finds it hard to be a Christian, her husband talks and jeers while she is trying to say her prayers or read the bible that daughter finds it hard to be a christian with the whole family arrayed against her father mother brother and sister making her the target of ridicule that young man finds it hard to be a christian in the shop or factory or store when his comrades jeer at him because he will not go to the gambling hell or the house of shame oh no The days of persecution have not ceased and will not until the end of the world. But, oh, you persecuted ones, is it not time that you began to pray for your persecutors? They are no prouder, no fiercer, no more set in their way than was this persecutor of the text. He fell, they will fall if christ from heaven grandly and gloriously look out on them god can by his grace make a renan believe in the divinity of jesus and intendle in the worth of prayer robert newton stamped the ship's deck in derisive indignation at christianity only a little while before he became a christian out of my house said a father to his daughter if you will keep praying Yet before many months had passed, the father knelt at the same altar with that child. And the Lord Jesus Christ is willing to look out from heaven upon that derisive opponent of the Christian religion and address him not in glittering generalities, but calling him by name, John, George, Henry, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Again, I learn from this subject that there is hope. For the worst offenders it was particularly outrageous that paul should have gone to damascus on that errand jesus christ had been dead only three years and the story of his kindness and his generosity and his love filled all the air it was not an old story as it is now it was a new story jesus had only three summers ago been in these very places and saul every day in jerusalem must have met people who knew christ people with good eyesight whom jesus had cured of blindness people who were dead and who had been resurrected by the saviour and people who could tell paul all the particulars of the crucifixion just how jesus looked in the last hour just how the heavens grew black in the face of that torture he heard that recited every day by people who were acquainted with all the circumstances and yet in the fresh memory of that scene he goes to persecute christ's disciples impatient at the time it takes to feed the horses at the inn not pulling at the snaffle but riding with loose rein faster and faster oh he was the chief of sinners No outbreak of modesty when he said that he was a murderer. He stood by when Stephen died and helped in the execution of that good man. When the rabble wanted to be unimpeded in their work of destroying Stephen and wanted to take off their coats, but did not dare to lay them down lest they be stolen, Paul said, I'll take care of the coats, and they put them down at the feet of Paul, and he watched the coats. And he watched the horrid mangling of glorious Stephen. It is a wonder that when he fell from the horse, he did not break his neck, that his foot did not catch somewhere in the trappings of the saddle, and he was not dragged and kicked to death. He deserved to die miserably, wretchedly, and forever, notwithstanding all his metaphysics and his eloquence and his logic. He was the chief of sinners. He said what was true when he said that, and yet the grace of God saved him, and so it will you. If there is any man in this house who thinks he is too bad to be saved and says, I have wandered very grievously from God, I do not believe that there is any hope for me, I tell you the story of this man in the text who was brought to Jesus Christ in spite of his sins and opposition there may be some here who are so stoutly opposed to christ as paul was there may be some here who are captive of their sins as much so as the young man who said in regard to his dissipating habits i will keep on with them i know i am breaking my mother's heart and i know i am killing myself and i know that when i die i shall go to hell but it is now too late to stop the steed on which you ride may be swifter and stronger and higher meddled than that on which the sicilian persecutor rode but christ can catch it by the bridle and hurl it back and hurl it down there is mercy for you who say you are too bad to be saved you say you have put off the matter so long Paul had neglected it a great while. You say that the sin you have committed has been amidst the most aggravating circumstances. That was so with Paul's. You say you have exasperated Christ and coaxed your own ruin. So did Paul. And yet he sits today on one of the highest of the heavenly thrones. And there is mercy for you and good days for you and gladness for you if you will only take the same christ which first threw him down and then raised him up it seems to me as if i can see paul today rising up from the highway of damascus and brushing off the dust from his cloak and wiping the sweat of excitement from his brow as he turns to us and all the ages saying This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Once more, I learn from this subject that there is a tremendous reality in religion. If it had been a mere optical delusion on the road to Damascus, was not Paul just the man to find it out? If it had been a sham and pretense, would he not have pricked the bubble he was a man of facts and arguments of the most gigantic intellectual nature and not a man of hallucinations and when i see him fall from the saddle blinded and overwhelmed i say there must have been something in it and my dear brother you will find that there is something in religion in one of three places either on earth or in heaven or in hell we will wake up somewhere, somehow, sometime. The only question is where. There was a man who rode from Stamford to London ninety miles in five hours on horseback, very swift. There was a woman of Newmarket who rode on horseback a thousand miles in a thousand hours, very swift. But there are those here, ah, all of us are speeding on at tenfold that velocity at a thousandfold that rate toward a glad or a wretched eternity that was a fearful fall paul got but christ raised him up yet there is a fall from which there is no rising that was the fall the man got who in his last moments turned to his wife who by her worldliness had kept him away from jesus and said with his expiring breath rebecca you are the cause of my damnation that was the fall the man got who said in his last moments i have sinned away my days of grace oh i know when my day of grace ended it was at the close of that religious service that was the fall the man got who said i am dying unprepared great god that was the fall thousands have got they perished while they were speeding on their career of sin and folly and at the moment they thought they were most firmly seated in the stirrups and the girdle most firmly buckled and the domes of future success were kindled before their vision they were suddenly flung into shame and everlasting contempt may almighty god from the opening heavens flash upon your soul this day the question of your eternal destiny and oh that jesus whom you have maltreated by your slights and your neglects would this day overcome you with his pardoning mercy as he stands here with the pathos of a broken heart and sobs into your ear i have come for thee i come with my back raw from the bleeding I come with my feet mangled with the nails. I come with my brow aching from the twisted bramble. I come with my heart bursting for your woes. I can stand it no longer. I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. End of chapter 20. Reading by Marcia Payne.